We are in the middle of Ksubis Yud Amun Aleph, 10A2 in the Archgol Gemara on the second column. And the Gemara will now be discussing different situations, different cases where the husband makes the claim of Pesach Basuach, of the fact that uh, he found out that, or he claims that his wife was not a virgin at the time of the marriage, and therefore there is a concern that maybe she committed adultery during the year-long engagement. Again, none of this applies today because there's very little time between the engagement and the actual marriage. Additionally, even in the days of the Talmud, uh, there, as we pointed out in the past, there are many different factors to consider. And uh, what we're referring to here is really limited cases of the wife of a Kohen where even if, God forbid, she was raped, so then she, they also cannot stay married. Um, or another example where uh, it could not have been before the marriage because she got married, a very rare case where she got married as a minor by her father. Um, and so therefore, it must have happened during the engagement, really during the engagement, and that it was a, an extended engagement until she became an adult. Um, either way, so we're referring to very, very uh, limited circumstances here. Um, but you could have such scenarios where he makes such a claim. And the question is, how do you deal with that claim? And so we will see a bunch of different examples, actual examples where he makes a claim and the based in the court figures out a way to handle it other than just purely trusting him. They, they figure out different ways of, of handling that situation. So let's see the Gemara. How does the commander of Nachman? There was a groom who came in front of Rav Nachman and he says, He comes the next day and he says that he he believes that um, there was no hymen present and therefore she was not not a virgin. So Amalei Rav Nachman, Rav Nachman says to him, Azbu Kofri, give him lashes with palm branches. We have to give this person lashes. Why? Because how could he know this? It must be that he was having, previously prior to his marriage, he was having sexual relations with, with prostitutes, it says, from a town called Mevacharta. It must be that in order for him to be such an expert, that he's been basically sleeping around. And that's, that's, uh, that's deserving of lashes. Not that, uh, you know, from Rav Nachman decided that he, this must be the, the conclusion. This must be what was been happening. And so therefore, we have to give him lashes. So the Gemara asks, uh, wait a minute, for Rav Nachman, who the Amr Mehemen. But elsewhere, this same rabbi, Rav Nachman, says that uh, we actually, we do believe, uh, we do believe him, and not only do we believe him, but it doesn't say that he gets lashes. Nowhere did he say that he gets lashes. We believe him, but it doesn't say that he gets lashes. So the Gemara answers as follows. Two different answers. Essentially, the question is that Rav Nachman it could be that he believed in the whole time. It's just Rav Nachman said he's deserving lashes because how does he know? How did he become such an expert? Must be that he's very much involved in these situations. And so therefore he should get lashes. However, elsewhere, Rav Nachman didn't apply that. He only said that we believe him. It doesn't say that he gets lashes. So my answer is two answers. Mehemin Masina Lekofri. Answer number one is that it's true. We believe him. But it really means, Rav Nachman really meant to say that he would always get lashes for this. Um, he would get lashes with these palm branches because he's doing something wrong. In order for him to really know whether or not the hymen is present, 
he must have been uh, an expert, and in order to be an expert, he must have been having relations with prostitutes. Um, and the alternative answer, answer number two, is No. Vachai answers that it really depends who are we talking about here. If we're dealing with somebody who was never married before, so then you can understand why he gets lashes. Must be that he's an expert. In order for him to be an expert, he must have had sexual relations outside of marriage and with others. Um, and he must have been an expert somehow, so therefore he's deserving of lashes. However, it could be that we're dealing with somebody who was previously married. If it's somebody who's previously married, so then you don't get lashes for that. When Rav Nachman said that we believe him and he doesn't get lashes, it's talking about somebody who's already been previously married. Um, and that's a way to resolve that situation. Okay, so in that circumstance, that's case number one. In that case, uh, we actually, we do believe the groom to say that there is no hymen present. However, it was a separate discussion about how does he know? <laughs> where, where, where does he have such expertise from? And so that was, that was incident number one. Incident number two. Now we're on 10A3 in the Arsul Gemara in the bottom of the first column. There was a, a groom that went in front of Matsasi. Same situation. He says that there was no hymen present the night before. So Rogamliel says, there's two different versions. We'll see there's two different versions, but he says, Amrle, he says, hold on a second. Shemahitisa is not possible that. Uh, you you entered in some sort of angle and you thought that there was no hymen present, but there really was a hymen present. And I can give you the following analogy. There's a person who's walking in the darkness of the night. If once he comes home, he's able to unlock the key some sort of through some sort of angle. Um, so then, or if he could go in in an angle, so then the door of the house will be open. But if he doesn't go in an angle, so then it's locked. So the point is, Reverend Gamliel is just pointing out that we can't fully trust you. You yourself, you don't really know. How much do you really know? It could be that you went in on an angle and um, it, uh, you, you missed it. You missed the hymen and you don't know with certainty. And so therefore we can't trust you, which is a fascinating idea. Because Rabbi Lazar... Uh, until now, what we've been discussing, they never mentioned this possibility, really, that he might not really know himself. Um, we entertained it as a, as a possibility, but it was never part of the conclusion. Here, Roman Gamliel is saying that part of the conclusion is that we, we actually we won't believe him because we're concerned that maybe he went in on an angle and um, it uh, he didn't realize that there was an, actually a hymen present. According to the second version of Roman Gamliel, it's not that maybe he did it accidentally, but maybe he did it on purpose. Maybe that was intentional. Maybe, uh, according to the, the second version, Rabbi Gamliel said as follows, Maybe they went in on an angle, deliberately. And deliberately, basically, tore down the door. That's uh, referring to the analogy. Going back to the analogy that we had a minute ago, Person is in the darkness of the night. If he angles himself intentionally into the house through the door, that works. But if you don't intentionally go in on an angle, then it's going to be locked. So, whichever version you take, whether it was intentional, whether it was accidental, 
Rabbi Gamliel is introducing to us a separate factor to consider, which is the fact that maybe he made a mistake. Maybe he made a mistake, and therefore, even according to what he's saying, even for himself, even if we apply the principle that he has to stick to his word, but his word might be incorrect, even for himself. He might not really know what happened, because it could be that he went in on a specific angle. Okay. The Gemara now discusses other scenarios where we really try to figure out whether or not uh, he is correct, and whether or not uh, we could bring some sort of proof to show that... Um, that really she she was or still is a basula, a virgin. So the Gemara says here we're on the bottom of ten a three in the first sorry in the second column of the article Gemara. There was a certain groom who came in front of Rabbi Gamliel, the son of Rabbi Amarlei. Rabbi Baalti Dam. He says no. We're no longer discussing the fact that he didn't feel a hymen. He says I, I didn't find any blood. What does she say? The bride says, Amrlo, Rebbe, Basula, you see, I was a virgin. Says that it, I was, I was a virgin in the past. Meaning, there was blood there. We had sexual relations for the first time. There was blood there. I never committed adultery, nothing. So what does Rebbe Gamliel bar Rebbe do? Amrlehem, Hevi'li Oso Sudur. He says, bring me the sheets. Bring me the sheets. Hevi'li Oso And he brings him the cloth. So he soaks it in water. And he washes it. And after he washes it, he finds several uh, several drops of blood on the cloth, on the sheet. So he says, I'm relay. He tells, he tells the groom, that uh, go and collect, uh, keep keep your wife. Keep your wife. You should be happy that you can keep your wife. Uh, she is correct. There was blood there because we, we, we cleaned it. And just to point out, this is in Israel. It's going to be important to note, this is what happened in Israel. Now, the Gemara now says, well, the rabbis in Bavel, in Babylonia, they say, why don't we use this trick also? Why don't we use this test? Uh, why don't we also do this? It's a great test. Let us just wash it in water. So Rav Ashi says, Amalei, that no, this is actually a principle that also applies with regard to the laws of mourning, what, you're allowed to, what clothing you're... Uh, what you're allowed to wash, how, you, how are you allowed to wash clothing, if you are at all. Um, so the Gemara says, that when the, they would launder in Israel, which is what they did in that incident, they have a form of laundering which is better than the laundering. The water is different. It's better than the laundering in Bavel, in Babylonia. And as such, the laundering in Israel is able to reveal the the, the spots of blood, even though the laundering in Bavel cannot. However, what could Bavel do? That's almost equivalent to the laundering in Israel. They could iron. They could press and iron. But when they press and they iron, while it helps in the cleansing process, but it also goes a little too much. It's going to completely clean it out. And then you for sure won't be able to find any blood because just through ironing it out and pressing it out, it won't... uh, it won't reveal anything. It'll completely get rid of the stains of the blood. It's going to get rid of all of the stains. Okay. That is that incident. That is that story. We're going to continue on in the stories until we get up to the, the Mishnah. The next story. Again, these are all similar cases. We're now on Yudam Abay's 10b1, the first column in 10b1 in the Archbow. Another incident with the same rabbi, Rabbi Gamliel Barabi, 
The groom says, Amrle Rebbe Ba'ati Vlomatasidam, Amrle Rebbe Adayim Basula Ani. So he says, the groom says that I didn't find any blood. She says, not that, not that there was blood. That's not what she says. That's what she said last time. Now she says that I am still a virgin. I'm still a virgin. We never actually had sexual relations. We didn't complete the sexual relations. So what does Rabbi Gamliel do? Amr Lehen, he does the following. He said, as we will see in the Gemara, the Gemara will elaborate on this, that they had a certain test which occurred during the times of the Gemara, which we say today does not work. We don't know how to do it and it does not apply today. Perhaps the, the situation has changed. Um, but we don't apply this today. But essentially what they did and he now tests this out because he heard about it, but he didn't ever actually test it out himself, which shows how important it is to test things out yourself, not just to rely on hearsay. And he brought, he said, Bring me in front of me uh, two maidservants, one of them who's a virgin, one of them who's not. They brought him uh, these two women. And he had them sit by the opening of a barrel of wine. And some of the commentators point out that it's specifically wine because it's not just testing out uh, whether or not there's a hymen present, but it's really testing out wine and um, and uh, sexual relations are, are connected. And so therefore it's specifically wine, that's what they say. And it says, And they had this certain test, which again, does not apply today. And we cannot do this today and it doesn't work today. Where... The one who is not a virgin, um, you could smell the wine because it goes through the body and then you could smell it from, from her mouth. But if she's a basula, if she was a virgin, so then you cannot smell it from her breath. You're not able to smell the, the wine. And so, so too over here with this, uh, this couple that was in front of him, he had her sit on this barrel of wine. They were not able to smell the wine, and so therefore he came to the conclusion that the husband mis, uh, was either wrong intentionally, or intentionally he lied, or he was accidental, that he was just wrong. At the end of the day, she's still a virgin, and that's why they don't they don't smell the wine, and then therefore he told the husband that, go, stay married, you should be happy with your with your marriage. Okay, so the Gemara says, um, Why did they have to have this whole process where they brought two other women first? What was the need for that? That's what we mentioned earlier. Gemara Havashmiyalei, Maisa Lava Chazi, Visara Demolo Kimle Begave, Demilsa Shapir, Velavarach Ara Lizazuli Bibinos Israel. He says that he's never, he's never seen such a situation. He's heard about it through hearsay, through rumors, but he's never actually done this himself. He wants to know himself before he starts testing it out on, uh, on actual cases. He wants to make sure that this is actually accurate, that he has to see for himself that it's actually accurate. Okay. Next case. Next case. There was a groom who came in front of Rabbi Gamliel, the elder. Amr lo, he says, Rabbi Baalti Lomatasidam, I had sexual relations, I couldn't find any blood. What does she say? Amr lo, she says, the bride comes and says, Rabbi, Mimishpachas Durkati Ani, I'm from a certain family called the Durkati family, where She'en Lehem Lodam Nidiv Lodam Basulim. These women, they, it's a, it's a family that they don't uh, menstruate and they also don't have the Hymenal blood. They don't have this blood. They're also not able to have children because they, they don't menstruate. They're also not able to have children. So it's interesting. Um, the commentators do point this out that apparently the groom didn't know about this. So how could the groom not know about this? He should, this is, it seems like something that 
should have been they should have been informed about before the marriage. Um, so it could be that he already had children, um, and therefore, uh, and therefore he doesn't really have to know about it because he already fulfilled the mitzvah to procreate. So it's less of a problem. It could be even so she doesn't have to tell him if there's a potential for her to have children in some way. Anyways, there's uh, the commentators discuss this particular situation. Looked into the matter and said, "You know what? She really. I found out. I investigated, and she really is part of this family." Rambamliel says, "Go. You should be happy with your marriage. Fortunate is the one who marries into the Dorkati family, which is very strange." The Gemara is gonna gonna counteract on this and uh, bring an opposing opinion, but it's strange. He's saying, "Great is the one who marries into the family." Wait a minute. Why, why is it so great? They can't have kids? My Dorkati, what does Dorkati mean? Dorkatua, a generation that is cut off. They're not able to have future generations. They're not able to have children. So Amar Rabbi Hanina, Rabbi Hanina says, Wait a minute. These were inappropriate words which he used. The Tani Rabbi Chia, because Rabbi Chia taught in a brisa, which is from the times of the Mishnah, Sorry, Lisa, just like yeast is beneficial to a dough, so too, it's important for her to menstruate, for, for women to menstruate, in order for them to have children. If there's an abundance of blood, so then there's also an abundance of children, that there's a, there's a link between, it, between the two. So how could he praise uh, the, the groom for marrying into that family? But it's not, really, it's, it's, it's not really true. They're not able to have kids. As a result of this question, Basically saying, how could you praise him for marrying into this family? Either they can't have kids or, or, or there's a high likelihood that they won't be able to have kids. The Gemara sort of changes, it has a new version in understanding how Rabbi Gamliel responded. Itmar. Rabbi Yermia bar Abba Amar Zecheb Mekcha. Amar Lay. Amar Lay. That he said, uh, in just in a positive sense, that you should be happy with your marriage. Not specifically about the Dorkati family, because that would be difficult. What, what's the benefit to that? But just you should be happy with your marriage. Stay married. Don't come, don't don't be upset. Don't be concerned that maybe she committed adultery. No, stay married. Be happy in your marriage. And that's what he was saying. Alternatively, he said that you know what you're state you're still married, even though it's not it's not the greatest of situations. He said that you you stay married. You didn't commit adultery. You can't you, can't, you don't just get divorced. Uh, you're in this situation. You have to deal with this situation. But it's a situation where you you suffered a little bit because uh, you married somebody who cannot have children. Okay, we're continuing here in one o uh, sorry in ten b two in the Arshu Gemara. Bishlam elaman dar menischayev hani dar bichanina elaman dar mezuchay maizchusa. So the Gemara says, well, according to one who said that, Rabbi Gamliel responded to him and said, you know what, you stay married even though it's not an easy situation. So I understand it's because they can't have children, but according to the opinion that says that he said, "Be happy about it." What's there to be happy about? So the law The benefit is that there, there are no, there can be no situations where there's concern that maybe she's in nida, she had her period, and therefore they can't have sexual relations. No, there, there is no such. There's no doubt about it. We know that they're always able to have sexual relations because she's not having her period. So there's a certain benefit uh, to that. There's never, never a questionable situation. Finally, we'll discuss the last incident, and then we will begin a new mission in the next recording. There was a, a groom who comes in front of Rebbe. He says that I didn't find any blood. What does she say? 
The bride says, Rebbe, I'm I'm still a virgin. She says, I'm still a virgin. So what happened? What does Rebbe do? It is a famine. It was during a time of a famine. Rebbe saw that their faces were dark from malnutrition. He brought them into the bathhouse. <coughs> Excuse me. He gave them food to eat and drinks. And then he brought them into the room after they were able to eat and drink. And it was a terrible time. It was a time of famine. And maybe that's why they weren't able to have uh, the full form of sexual relations. So then he brings them into the room uh, and they have relations. And then they're able to find the blood. That Rebbe had them go into this room and then they were able to find, uh, they were able to, 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 to see the hymen blood that came out. Uh, because that was the time. After, only afterwards are they able to have a full sexual relations. And he quotes, Rebbe quotes a verse which says that if it's during hard times, times of famine, so then um, it becomes dry as wood and the blood will not come out. Okay, that concludes all the different incidents, very interesting incidents of different cases where the groom approaches the court, they approach the rabbi and they say, um, we didn't find any blood, we didn't, we didn't feel the hymen. So how do the rabbis deal with it? It's not just automatic that we just say, oh, okay, it's right and therefore you have to, you know, you have to get divorced. They deal with it. They try to find ways to figure out, is there a way that we can figure out that really he misunderstood um, and that he was wrong and that they could stay married. Uh, we will continue in the next recording with the next Mishnah on Yud Ahmed Beis.